Hey folks, greetings from the Offensive Security Group here at SecureIT 360, coming at you with a new episode of the Cyber Threat Perspective. Uh, you've got myself, Brad, and apparently we're both named Brad on the uh, video right now, which is funny. <laughs> but you also have Darius, by the way. <laughs> and so, uh, so anyway, um, quick admin, you know, today we're talking about uh, authentication. Right. So kind of the keys to the to the kingdom, so to speak. And we're talking about some do's and don'ts and some common things that we see that call that cause problems for folks in the authentication realm. Um, you know, we're going to be touching on things like MFA, conditional access, you know, kind of how to do it right. Right. And, and we, we have a unique perspective on that, I think. So um, before we get into it, if you like the content and you like what we're doing, uh, the best thing you can do is like share, subscribe, tell your friends, all that good stuff. It really helps us out. Um, all right. So, Darius, with that said, do you want to kind of get us rolling and get us started? Yeah. So um, when we talk, when we think about authentication, I think we there's still a lot of people who we look at it in terms of that old, you know, castle kind of metaphor. And like authentication is the first step. And, you know, if you get that right, then you're, you're golden. And everything behind it is safe. Yeah. And the reality of the matter is that's kind of changed. You know, we, we especially with the emergence of we're using cloud resources, you know, the perimeter has shifted and changed. And so. By, by the nature of that, authentication has changed, you know, and I think it's important, you know, a lot of times we look at just, oh, usernames and passwords authentication, but it goes way deeper than that. It goes deeper in terms of if you have your web apps, you know, your API keys for services you consume, that is also a That's authentication, authentication, man, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, you know, the, the, the paradigm of what we're looking at as far as authentication has shifted a lot. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And so, um, you know, the traditional aspect of it, the username and password at this point is defeated pr pretty soundly, right? And in, in, in all platforms, and what I mean by platform, I guess, is, is, is all areas of security expertise. You know, barring a randomly generated 32-character password, um, you know, we're just going to, even if we don't get the credentials, we're just going to steal your session. Or we're just going to steal, um, you know, your Kerberos ticket, or we're going to do something to that nature. So, you know, even if you do have the, the air quotes, you know, traditional authentication component locked down, it doesn't stop there. Like you said, we find other ways to get around that. Um, so, yeah, no, I completely agree. So um, it's kind of funny you say that and we can touch on it a little bit later. But, yeah, you're, you're, I really like how you said, you know, like, hey, we're just going to steal your session. And that's like huge because you know even once you implement all the hoops you have to jump through to authenticate nothing happens once you get your access and yep. so it's just like man that, that's i think that's really huge and something that, that we see a lot especially in terms of like cloud pen testing and things of that nature um but we can you know shift and shift it to the basics as far as you know okay when it comes to authentication what are some basic things and i think you hit the nail on the head first is strong passwords, right? Yeah. And making sure that you, you know, you're implementing strong passwords and they're they're not being used, uh re being reused. Um mm -hmm. that's something that I think we see, you know, our external guys, we stay we see it on every single pen test, credential stuffing, boom, there's an account. Yep. Um and a lot of times it doesn't even take a custom word list um mm -hmm. to 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 pop an account. But uh, so think about what you can do with an actual custom word list. Think about, you know, with us being from Alabama, how many passwords can we feasibly crack by mutating Roll Tide and War Eagle? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, so it's, I think it goes beyond just, you know, oh, strong passwords, make sure that they're the certain length, certain complexity. It also ties into, you know, making sure that you're removing keywords from passwords as well. 
Yeah. Okay. So you just hit, you just, I think said the magic thing, right. And that is get words out of your password. Okay. And so um, we used to, and, and it's interesting to watch the evolution, right? So, cause I've, I've been in this field for so long. I remember when people were like, yeah, man, use, uh, you know, use your dog's name with like the year it was born in exclamation point. Nobody will ever figure that out. You know, now we're cracking that in 15 seconds. And so the, the advice has evolved with the um, offensive capability. And so, you know, PCI not long ago was recommending, I think, eight character passwords or 12 or something like it was some like really, really low number. Um, and this was like recently. Right. So like yeah. they've updated it, I think, in recent years. But but I can remember having that argument you know, in the financial world where they're like, oh, PCIs, it's only says, says it only has to be eight. So we're, we're just going to, we have it, we have it limited to eight, you know? And, uh, and, and so I said all of that kind of to say this, right. We we've now evolved that advice to say, just stop using words altogether. Yep. Right. It's not even good enough to have a passphrase. phrase. <clears throat> we used to tell people, yeah, use something like the red Fox jumped over the white fence. Nobody will ever figure that out. Yeah. We're, we're, we're cracking that one specifically in less than an hour. So, you know, we're reaching quickly a point in, in the ability to crack and generate passwords that it doesn't matter how good it is. If it's got dictionary words in it, man, we're going to crack it. Yep. So, so just stop with words, you know, and, and, and by the way, 10 years from now, you and I are going to look back on this episode and be like, huh, I can't believe we were limiting ourselves to 32 character randomly generated passwords. You know, now it's going to be like 700, <laughs> but, but you know, for today, today in 2023, you know, I'm, I'm telling people when they ask me how long it should be, I would say, what's the limit? Yep. If, if the limit's 32 characters, your your password should be 32 randomly generated characters. Right. But how do you keep track of that? Right. Uh, password. If only there's a way to manage it, you know, password managers. Yeah, I, I would say, <laughs> yeah, as far as not just for personal use, I think, you know, from a company standpoint too, we always talk about user training from like a, a phishing standpoint, but you know, it can, go to other areas too. I'd say, you know, Hey, maybe dedicate some user training to like, Hey, this is how you effectively utilize a password manager. Maybe yep. you find one, you know, not probably not last pass, but you know, maybe you find <laughs> a password management solution that you then give to your employees and you make it a requirement to use it. So that way, yep. you know, everything they use has unique passwords, yep. you know, so that might be something um, that I would probably recommend. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. And look, if you're, if you're a business in, in, in 2023, um, and you're not, uh, giving out key, you know, password managers, if you're not issuing that as a matter of corporate process to your employees, you're wrong. Right. So, so when, when just like you, you know, you're going to get a copy of uh, word, when you when you get hired on in a business, you should get a copy of the password manager in, in that software and you should get trained in how to use it properly and, and it should be implemented. If you're not doing that, then you are just rolling the dice because you're now relying on the skill set of the individual user to generate and track passwords for your business. That, that is a failure waiting to happen. Uh, and we see it every single day in the world that we live in. So, um, all right. So, so we have beat the password horse to death, I guess. So, so, um, so, so tell me more, like what, what's next on the list of like, stop messing up passwords. Yeah. So I think, you know, aside from passwords and as far as authentication goes, we also have, you know, the obvious, we got to say it MFA, right? Okay. Um, yep. You should have, address it. yeah, we should, you should, you should implement 
MFA. We all we all hear it. We all know it. It's 2023. Um, but to go a little bit deeper than that, because I feel like what a lot of people do is they just turn MFA on, they roll it out, and then they're like, well, you know, that's it. We're done. Check we that box. It. We're invincible. Nobody yeah. can touch us now. Uh, and like most things, InfoSec, that's not 100% the case, right? And then Tyler so, and Sam come along and start taking over accounts. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, it was big, especially it was last year. Uh, when was it? Was it Uber or one of the one of the hacks? I can't think of it. But like one of the things they did was prompt bombing. And that is a valid way of bypassing MFA. So what did it last week? Situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of our guys literally did it last week. Where So for those who don't know, prompt bombing is essentially um, where you, you get a valid password and username. You're logging in. You get hit with MFA. So what do you do? You just keep hitting the like, send, send me push. an MFA you know, notification over and over and over and over again until the client hits yes, um, which is why what's, if you do have MFA implemented, you should probably, you probably want to set it to use a code as opposed to just yes. a yes, no prompt. In fact, um, I know for Microsoft Authenticator, they've changed that 100% to where now, by default, um, yes, you get the pop-up on your phone. Yes, you can hit yes. Then it's going to prompt you for a code that pops up on the screen. Um, So if you're using something like Duo, I know I was working with a client a couple weeks ago. If you're using something like Duo or any other MFA solution, check your configs. Make sure that you're not just relying on a yes or no pop-up. Because if you are, you're doing yourself a disservice. All it takes is a threat actor being extremely annoying and a user being careless, and now they have access. Yep, I absolutely agree. And um, you know, we we have conditioned our users to do this, right? Is you know, they're they're going to click yes a hundred thousand times over the course of their career, right? Multiple times a day in some cases. So that one, you know, random pop up. They're, they've been hitting yes for two years on that push notification. They're going to hit yes again, right? And 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 I would even continue to push on that a little bit too and say, you know, like for me, for example, the configuration that I use in my workspace, um, I, I use a combination of local and browser-based um, tools. So like I use Teams installed locally, but I use Outlook in, in, uh, in the browser, which means at any given time, if my session times out, I start getting smashed with authentication notifications, right? And I've had it happen where I was traveling and my work computer was at home and I would start getting notifications. I'm, I'm, I'm like on an airplane, dude. And I'm starting to get these, 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 you know, notifications. And so I know what it is just because like, you know, we live in a technical environment, but most users are going to be like, oh yeah, sure. Definitely. And, and, and you're in and, it's and, conditioned you know, behavior. And speaking to that, you know, I think, which is, um, I think it's really cool. Cause once again, uh, one of our guys literally did it last week is just to speak to how easy of like you send the prompt and you may say, well, how can users fall for it? Maybe it show it shows their location of where the logging attempt is coming from. Why would they hit yes? Well, one, even if it shows the location. Who reads that? Yeah. But even if they do, that can be changed and spoofed, which is what the case in the case of what Sam did last week, yeah. um, where, you know, he popped an account, but before, you know, hitting him with MFA, he was like, hmm. Where know, the company located? the company is located here so i'm going to vpn log in from there send the prompt and you know from a user perspective and to your point your example you're more likely to hit yes in that case i agree yep yep you can bypass it so so moral of the story is this right you guys don't um 
don't just check the MFA box, right? You really need to dig into its config, make sure that it's secure. Um, and, and by the way, one other thing to mention on MFA, it's really easy to miss stuff. And what I mean by that is you've got 27 apps in your environment. If 26 of them have MFA, I'm going to find the 27th. Right, I'm going to find the one that doesn't, and I'm going to hone in on that, and then I'm going to start. I'm going to start compromising that, right, and then I'm going to use that to move laterally into other environments. So, um, don't underestimate the, uh, an attacker's uh, tenacity when it comes to finding systems in your environment that are not MFA. So, MFA everything, um, and and do it well. So. All right, so we address that elephant. Yeah, <laughs> we had to, so, right? So yeah, that does lead me into what I think is the next point, which I think is even bigger than MFA, which is conditional access. Yeah, um, I agree. I think as far as authentication goes, this is where I would recommend spending the majority of your time. Um, just point blank, if you if you're in Azure, set up conditional access policies, and and. At, this is a no brainer. They're, they're brilliant. So what I mean by conditional access is exactly what it sounds like. You can set up policies and set conditions for when you allow authentication. So you can do something like say, hey, we know that no one in our company is going to be logging in from outside of the country on a consistent basis. Right. Yeah. If I, if I see a login yeah. from Arkanistan, that's probably not one of my people. Right. Yeah. And so it, it will automatically, regardless if you have a a username or password correct. Even if you get past MFA, conditional access, if you set your policies up correctly, can be that that final thing that's like, yeah, you got past MFA. Yeah, you got credentials. You're still not allowed in. Yeah. Um, and something I would even take it a step further, and I think we see a lot of larger firms do this, um, mid, small, mid to smaller firms struggle with it, but I try to recommend and push it is if you're in Azure, you probably have Intune. If you have Intune, you can set up um, Intune policies to say, hey, this is what we consider a compliant device versus yes. a non-compliant device. Setting that up in combination with conditional access to say, hey, we only allow logins from compliant devices, you will see you know, the accounts that you see get popped drop significantly yep. uh, just through that by itself. Um, yeah. So I would similarly equate that to some of the older you know, Cisco network access control right? The old school knack, which would do the same thing. You would, it would profile devices, you know, so I guess I'm saying that this is not new technology, you know, it's implementation at, 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 in the cloud environment is probably new. Um, but, but we just need to use the things that are at our disposal, right? So, so we've already addressed a couple of things. We talked about better passwords. We talked about, you know, and there are actually, by the way, some user account things you can do to increase the security as well. Um, it's a little out of scope of our conversation, but, you know, for example, don't use emails as the login. Because, by the way, I can farm all your email addresses through OneDrive. So, you know, the point being, you know, secure username and password, right? And then we start talking about, um, you know, we talked about MFA. We were talking about, you know, conditional access. We're talking about now we're talking about Intune device interrogation and profiling. Um, it's a layered approach, dude. Just like anything else in the security world is we don't rely on a single thing. It's the reason that we don't say EDR is the endpoint for all, you know, is the endpoint, is the end game for endpoints, you know, because we can just turn it off. So, so, you know, the more of these things you have layered, the better off you're going to be. Right. All right. So pause there back to, to your kind of, it sounded like you had a good flow going. So, so what, what do we look at after we've looked at Intune and we've looked at, um, 
Conditional so access. I really want to say, I really kind of want to stick on conditional access because once okay. again, that's something else from a configuration standpoint. It's brilliant if you do it right, but you can also completely mess it up. Um, and so I think it's something where when you do implement conditional access, get your, your um, you know, your rock stars together to really analyze it because you can also feasibly put in a policy that leaves you wide open. And so what do I mean by that? This is conditional access policies, particularly within Azure, Sometimes we see firms where like they have a policy that says, hey, if you're coming from here and maybe it's their trusted office location, you know, whatever, like something along those lines, you, you don't have to worry about MFA, um, which is cool. That's that's fine if that's what you want to do. But review your policy. So last thing you want to do is say, hey, if you're coming from this state or this particular location, no MFA. Because once again, that leads back to we're just going to yeah. spoof our location boom, now we're in, we've bypassed everything. We've, so, we've run into clients that do that for, uh, that have uh, workspaces in Azure. And so so they're just like sla- like a class B. Like it's just Amazon's class B. Yep. It's fine. And it's only like a couple million IPs for, and anybody that spins up a workstation in, in Azure now has non-MFA access to your environment. So yes, be smart about how you do that. Yeah, and that's one of the easiest things that we've seen a rise of really is yeah, spin spin something up, and you'll be amazed at the level of access um, you'll have. So, really want really want to harp on that point and make sure that you configure everything uh, correctly. Uh, so, last thing I want to talk about really is just kind of the future. What I think is the future of authentication and kind of where we're heading, and that's essentially I think we're heading towards a future of passwordless authentication mechanisms. Um, we see it a I little bit. I hope so, man. I hope so. It, ma- so it, just, it, it makes dude. sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, what does that look like? Um, I would say one is the magic links that we see on some sites where I would say right now, if you're, if you're a developer and you're working on a web app and you want to be cutting edge, um, implement, implement a magic link as far as, as, far as authentication instead of a, a username and password. And in fact, one company that I'm really impressed with, is it Expensify maybe? Uh, they've gone 100% like, hey, we, we no longer have passwords. It is a magic link from now on. Um, I think that's where we're heading. Yeah, and I think, you know, I want to also give a nod to like the YubiKey stuff, um, you know, something that you have physically as opposed to something that you know. Um, you know, we can't use phones. Phones are fully compromised at this point, right? Just ask Jordan. She regularly pops phones. Um, but, you know, just back to that USB key or or back to a physical piece of hardware, um, you know, is huge. You know, and, and I mean, again, none of this stuff is new. It's just that we're, we're not embracing it and, and it. and it feels like we keep learning the same lessons over and over again. We keep forgetting that we need defense in depth because there's this new shiny magic thing that solves all your problems and you buy it and you put it in and then you get hacked. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I do hope that we're going that direction. Um, I will say I have heard people talking about passwordless authentication um, since day one of me being in this, in, in this career. Um, you know, just because we've known that passwords were the weak point. Um, I don't think anybody's cracked the code on that yet. And what I mean by that is found a solution that is easy to implement for people like, you know, your grandma. Grandma's got to be able to log into these apps too. 
right? Yep. And and so does the eight-year-old that, you know, whose parents are, you know, letting him create an expensive account. I don't know why you would do that, but you know what I mean? But the, you know, the point is, you know, you've got this very wide disparity of skill set, knowledge, and, uh, and understanding that you have to be able to overcome with whatever that is, you know, whatever that's, that, 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 that authentication solution is. So I think when somebody finds that, whatever that is, you know, is going to be, groundbreaking and i hope it happens sooner rather than later because i think a lot of the um the bad actor stuff goes away oh for sure um yeah i can agree with you i think user adoption is going to be pretty tough for the, for this um although in my opinion i feel like it's easier in a sense right you know you, you type in your email prompt you know you get email at a login link and then boom you know there you are you know in a way it could, it's potentially easier um, but I think we're just, we as people are just so conditioned, um, to, I have to type something in and, you know, do the MFA thing. So yeah. it is going to take some time to get adopted for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I do. Um, you know, and, and it's hard to have this conversation without going into authorization. Right. And maybe we should sure. even have like a part two in this series to talk. Okay. So we talked about authentication. Let's talk about authorization because yeah, that's a huge thing too. You know, and and we have had scenarios, um, especially on social engineering engagements, where we have fully taken over a user profile, meaning that like the IT team set us up with MFA, um, you know, where we, you know, we would, you know, basically con our way into environments and take over an endpoint account, which in and of itself wouldn't be a big deal, except for the fact that they have very poor authorization controls. And yep. so, you know, I don't want to dive too deep into that because that's probably a different conversation. But, uh, you know, I do think it ties in well here. And I think it's something that we should probably talk about soon. Oh, for sure. Uh, I could just summarize that. And I'm sure when we get to it, we'll talk about it. PIM, Privilege Identity Management, implement it, use it. I completely agree. But yeah, that's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to Let's that. Let's do one. it, man. Yeah. All right, folks, that's all we have fun, uh, time for today. You know, if you liked and, and enjoyed this episode, please share it with your peers. Um, and uh, otherwise, we'll see you next Wednesday.